What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another fun-filled adventure on the PlayStation Drive. This is episode 65, and I'm your host, Matt, and we're going to have a wonderful adventure today. You may notice that uh, I have a pretty incredible guest on with me this week. One of the hypest men on this worldwide interwebs, the leader of the Golden Gang himself, Mr. Midas. What's going on, my dude? What's going on? I am in the building. Go shorty, it's your birthday. We gonna party like it's your birthday, you get me? Uh, I got my drink, <laughs> I got my snacks, you get me? I'm ready to take over this whip. Oh, I can do the passenger thing, I don't mind. You know what? I've got a, you see me, I've got a driving license from the UK, which means I can drive stick. <laughs> so if you need me to take over, I can take over the thing. But thank you so much for having me. What's going on? Dude, I'm so excited you're here. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about doing PlayStation stuff together and we've done it a bunch of times. I'm excited to have you on Carpool to rock on the PlayStation Drive because you better believe that the jams are going to be immaculate. But before we get any further into it, we need to do some garage cleaning. If you're watching us here on youtube.com slash carpoolgaming, make sure you like, subscribe, and share. Hit that bell so you know when all of the incredible content here on Carpool goes live, you know about it and you're ready for it. If you have a couple extra bucks to toss our way and you would like to tip your driver, head over to patreon.com slash carpoolgaming and toss a couple bucks in that old tip jar. And out comes a massive cornucopia of content, including one of the best Best named podcast on the internet, the Pants Podcast for Patreon Podcast. I don't know if I got that right, but that seems right, and I'm gonna roll right through it. <laughs> if you're listening to us on your podcast network of choice, once again, please hit that follow, hit that subscribe, leave us that wonderful five star review because we appreciate it and it helps us grow and reach more wonderful people all over the globe, such as yourselves. But, my dude, very quickly, before we get into the rigmarole, before we start talking about what we've been playing, for anybody who somehow doesn't know you, Mr. Midas, give us the quick lowdown and where can people find more of you? And so I am Mr. Midas. I am a video game TV presenter and content producer based in the UK. I've been in the scene for a long, long, long time. Um, I work towards making sure that enough representation is happening within the space. So I do a lot when it comes to making sure black voices are being seen and heard in this space. I am the producer and creator of GGR on GRM Dela. Dela? Daily. Dela. <laughs> you can find me on um, Jinx Esports TV. You can see me on doing stuff with the BAFTAs. You can see me all over the place. I am a super PlayStation guy. Some of the people call me a PlayStation fan boy, but I just love what I love. And as you said, I am the leader of the Golden Gang Click. And this is Gold Touch Studios um, that we're here right now in the UK. In the UK, this Canada-UK crossover, my dude. Like I said, I'm so happy that you're here with me. And let's get into it because we've been playing a whole bunch of stuff. So we need to take out that, that carrier pigeon, strap a little uh, ink blot and you know paper onto its leg, send that all the way over to the UK, have you grab that, scribble down you know the songs that you want over, send that thing all the way back. I'm gonna catch it, find it Spider-Man style out in the city, you know, doing stuff, grab that, make a playlist and slap that in because this is the playlist, Mr. Midas. What have you been playing? You know we could just send an email, innit? <laughs> nope. Save a lot more time and effort. <laughs> cannot, cannot take the easy way. As complicated <laughs> as possible. Um, so I've been playing a few games. So the first game I've been playing is Saints Row. And um, we know right now Saints Row is super bombing. It's got like a 63 on Metacritic right now, like super low score. Um, but I've been playing the heck out of that. Basically, I got invited to a preview event where I play on. I played it for like three hours and I basically told everyone what I thought of it. And I was basically like, look, it's got lots of stuff wrong with it. And it feels like a PS3 game. It feels mm -hmm. super, super old. And that never changed. And then when I actually got my review cold, I knew everything that was wrong with it already. So I just dived into what was good about it. Mm -hmm. And Matt, it actually got me. Like, yeah. it actually got me. I actually had a lot of fun with it. Like, it's silly as hell. It's it's not broken, like certain games, but it's just not... Certain things that we just expect, for example, like driving a car 
in it. It just it it feels like a matchbox car. It doesn't really feel weighted. So, um, okay. but. But I literally, the first day I got it, because I had a really quick embargo, I got it on Wednesday, and then I had to put out a video on Monday. Mm -hmm. So when I got it Wednesday night, I played it for five hours. Then the next day, I played it for seven hours. <laughs> I haven't played a game for seven hours in years. No, I'm lying. Probably when Final Fantasy came out. That was probably the last yeah, time I played for that like was seven like hours. 75 hours straight. But okay, so let me, exactly. ask, let me ask you this real quick then. Because like you said, the reviews haven't been super positive. Even in your preview, like you mentioned, you were like, this is what's going on with it. What about it has grabbed you so hard, even in the face of a low Metacritic score, even with, you know, you knowing what it was going into it? Do you think it was your expectation going into it? Do you think it's something the game is doing? What has grabbed you? You know what? Sometimes you just want to go outside and have a water fight. Sometimes <laughs> it's a nice day. You know you're a grown adult. Water fights are for kids, but sometimes you just want to get a water balloon and dash it in a kid's face. Of course. Sometimes you just want to do that. <laughs> and that's what Saints Row is. It's silly. It's McDonald's. Like, you know it's not healthy. You know it's not good for you, but sometimes you just enjoy it. And I think that's what I'm liking about it. I'm liking the wackiness. I really like the character cre um, creation. I really like the shooting, like the snap mechanic. Like, it... The shooting is so easy because literally it snaps on every NPC. Nice. And yes, it's just silly and fun. And I think that's what I've been enjoying because I've been in this hiatus where nothing's really been exciting me. Right. Like, I can't remember. It's been a while since a game really, really grabbed me. So, yeah, this has grabbed me. But it ain't a great game. So <laughs> that, I'll, I'll keep that a buck. Like, I ain't going to tell anyone, yeah, Saints Row is a sick game. It's just fun, isn't it? And sometimes... Yeah. I think because we're, especially because we're on the press side of it, um, sometimes we overthink. Yep. And I remember some of the games I used to play, like if I look back, the bouncer, people love the bouncer on PS2. They scream hard. That game is trash, fam. The bouncer <laughs> is trash. But you know what? It was fun. It was just a fun little beat em up. Yeah. And that's what this is. It's just, it's just fun to get lost in. Well, that's it, right? Like sometimes... I, like you mentioned, like we look at games in a very, very critical light and especially like with the rise of things like Metacritic and OpenCritic and just online discourse, I feel like it's so hard just to enjoy a game for just enjoying the game. But I'm glad, I'm glad you're vibing with it. I'm glad you're enjoying with it. Have you been playing anything else or has it been all Saints Row all day lately? So now courts isn't here. We can get our wifeies <laughs> on. We can Wife go anime S. Look, I got some new statues right there that I've just brought into the camp. You get me? Yeah. Got, uh, you get me? We're going to go all anime. You get me? Because you know I'm the JRPG specialist. And I've been playing Soul Hackers 2. Nice. Now, Matt, ask me, what do you think about Soul Hackers 2? Okay, uh, Mr. Midas, I have a question for you. It's one that I've been thinking about for quite a while. It's something that I've really been, uh, honestly, a little bit nervous to ask you. But uh, what do you think about Soul Hackers 2? It's trash, but I'm enjoying <laughs> it. <laughs> There's a theme this week. There you now, go. Um, now, seriously, Soul Hackers 2 basically is a spin-off of Shimogami Tensei, mm -hmm. just like Persona. Fam, this game ain't Persona. Like, if you're not, if you're not into your waifus, if you're not into your animes if you're not into your jrpgs leave this alone right it's not gonna get you it's not like a final fantasy or a persona that even if you're not into that genre it might grab you in yep. this ain't doing that fam this is literally for people like me and you that will sit there for an hour just for for people talking right matt i was playing my playstation arcs to turn off three times <laughs> press no buttons you know this is all dialogue three times but playstation's like are you still playing me do you want to turn me off that's 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 how mad it is um so yeah those are the two what have you been playing nice yeah thanks man yeah i've i've, all, I've had my iron soul hackers too i know ryan was really excited about it uh, and it does look ve very visually cool it does look like it has a lot of style so i do think i'm going to play it at some point it's just right now with so much going on just haven't had a chance to but i'm glad you're enjoying it and that's kind of what i expected out of it this is a jrpg for jrpg fans and i don't think it needs to be anything more than that but uh as for myself um i got obsessed with roller drome uh, shout out to the team at uh, Terra Bruno PR who sent me a review code to check it out. Uh, super appreciate it. We saw it on the State of Play a few months ago, and I was like, game looks all right. Looks like, you know, visually very similar to Sable. Gameplay-wise, it's guns, it's Tony Hawk. I don't really get it, but, you know, like, let's see what happens. And then reviews hit, 
And I was like, oh no, maybe this game is for me. Uh, so did a did a uh, you know a quick bit of research and uh, got got the game. Uh, dude, I, similarly, I haven't played just like a game for like a big chunk of time in quite a, in quite a minute. I was stuck on roller drone for like four or five hours. Like my eyes were like open, bloodshot, tears streaming down my face because I couldn't look away. Uh, the game is just so much fun, and it makes you feel like such. A badass like it really just does make you feel so cool uh for anybody unaware rollerdrome is the new game that just came out uh it's like tony hawk mixed with super hot mixed with neon white where you're on roller skates you get sent into an arena and you basically just have to blast enemies away while trying to stay alive and you know you do you do tricks to reload it is really really cool um it is really tough the game itself is only probably about six to seven hours long but i completed in that time doing about half of the challenges because the other half are not easy, but it's the type of game that like, if you mess up, you know, it's your fault. You didn't dodge at the right time. You didn't use the right weapon for this situation. You didn't clear the right enemy in the right moment. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's one of the most fun experiences I've had this year. And that seems to be like the, my running narrative this year. It's been like Sifu, Neon White, you know, Rollerdrome, these like very challenge-based, skill-based, really quick games that have completely, like, you know, grabbed me. And that's not usually, you know, my genre. That's not usually my space, but I've loved them all. Uh, Rollerdrome is just a lot of fun. If anybody has PlayStation Plus Premium, it's on the game trials. And, like, Court and I talk about all the time, you know, never using these game trials. I would tell you to use it on this and just check it out and see if it's for you. You'll know pretty quickly if this is the type of game that you're going to enjoy or not. But if, like, the marriage of Tony Hawk, Super Hot, and Neon White, like, sounds like fun please check it out because it really is a blast i really love my time with it um and like there's a a mode that unlocks after that makes things even harder not going that far uh because i'm not ready to kind of you know put my controller through the screen trying to do this but like the game is a blast it's one of like my one of my biggest surprises of this year so far um and then the other thing that i can't stop you know i keep messing with is marvel spider-man remastered on my steam deck um, it's just so much fun. The fact that, again, I know I've said this before, the fact that it runs as well as it does on a handheld game, being able to take one of my favorite games with me on the go is just so much fun. Once again, huge shout out to PlayStation Canada for hooking me up with that review code because it's just, it's so much fun. And just being able to like, all right, I, I, you know, I got to work early. I'm 15 minutes to work early. Let's swing around a little bit, knock out a couple backpacks, grab a little things here, you know, just kind of continue on with my day. Even like, you know, at lunch, okay, I finished eating, got half an hour. Let me hop back in. Let me go, you know, catch some pigeons and mess around. The game is just so much fun. And it's one of my favorite games ever. And just having it with me portably in a way that functions as well as it does. It's awesome, dude. Loving it. Uh, and last thing I want to just shout out very quickly. Shout out to the team at PlayStation Canada once again. Uh, I got my Last of Us remastered. Oh, sorry. Last of Us Part 1 code today. Haven't been able to hop in as of yet. But, uh, you know, we'll have impressions and reviews going up next week. So get excited for that. So, my dude. Yeah. Matt, 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 Matt. Yeah, Matt, yeah, Matt. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the only thing I needed PlayStation to do for me what? was take out them stupid pigeons out <laughs> of that remaster. That is the worst thing about Spider Man. Take out the pigeons. But yeah, I haven't started it yet. I've got it as well. Shout out um, PlayStation UK. They've sent it over to me, and I'm excited to jump in. But with st there's so many games right now, yep. I'm like, do you know what? I actually want to play that in my own time. Yeah. I don't want to have to rush it for a view. Um, like, I actually just want to... Because it's been a long time since I played the OG Spider-Man on PS4. Like, obviously, we played Miles Morales launch on a PS5. But I really want to kind of sink my teeth back into that. Well, let me tell you, dude, real quick. Uh, a, now you have that you have your monster of a PC. I'm sure it's going to look incredible. And B... Those pigeon side quests are some of my favorite. I actually think it like narratively goes to a place that I wasn't expecting. And I really love them. I was like, I'm getting all these pigeons. I'm going to help this guy out. I love that. I, I think I'm in the minority that genuinely really cares about that side quest. So uh, please, Spider-Man 2, give me more pigeons. Uh, give me like a hundred of them. I'll be happily collecting all of them. <laughs> Midas is like, I'm done with you, dude. We're not having this conversation anymore. <laughs> All right. I feel like courts when you talk about JRPGs now, <laughs> talking about these pigeons. I hate birds. You know that too. I, I, I hate birds. Not about them whatsoever. Uh, but in this case, I will happily catch those pigeons. Uh, my dude, let's get into it because we have a whole bunch of b b b b breaking news to get into. Uh, and let's start with one of the big ones because this has been making headlines. It's been the talk of the town on Twitter and everywhere else. Coming from the PlayStation blog itself, 
PS5 price to increase in select markets due to global uh, economic environment, including high inflation rates. Uh, the global economic environment is a challenge that many of you around the world are no doubt experiencing. We're seeing high global inflation rates as well as adverse currency trends impacting consumers and creating pressure on many industries. They basically go on to say that they're raising the price of the PS5 uh, across Europe, Middle East, and Africa, Asia Pacific, Latin America, as well as Canada with no price increase in the United States. Canada, we uh, we got away a little bit, you know, scot free. It was only it was about a twenty dollar difference. Uh, I know other markets have had uh, you know increases of almost up to like fifty or sixty dollars American. Uh, so it is global. It is substantial. Um, what do you think, Midas? Because I I know a lot of people online aren't happy with this. Are is the PlayStation Five getting too expensive? Is it weird that they increased the price like this? Where are your thoughts on this? Um, it is rude, 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 rude. Now. Firstly, I have to, um, just for transparent, transparency, um, Sony sent me my PS5. So I got my PS5 um, early for a review copy. But that doesn't change the feeling where this is, I think this is so rude. And it's proper, proper weird. Like, I thought it was weird when I heard about the Oculus. But I never thought this would happen to consoles. So I wanna I wanna add a little bit more facts onto what you were just saying. Hit so me. in the article in the article in the Forbes, it stated that the UK will be paying an extra six percent, um, and Europe um, will increase by ten percent. Um, J Japan, which is the first region that's going up, which from September the fifteenth. Now we know how hard it is for them to sell PlayStation fives in Japan. It's going up twenty one percent, fam. Like what is this? And then. In Canada, you lot are only going up around 3%. So yep. it's it's mad. Like right now, the world is in a, a, a crisis when it comes to living. Like right now, I'll be honest with you. They said in the UK in October, all of our electricity and gas bills are going to quadruple. And then in January, it's going to go up even more. Great. Come January, I might not even have the electricity to play my PS5. <laughs> more or less, have to go and buy one for... 30 pound more but yeah no or more seriously i feel like it's 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 really bad for consumers and it's really weird because i remember back in the days like when i had my ps3 i was like eh, i don't need a ps4 yet um there's not enough games for it yet let me wait for the price to drop yep well that like the amount of people be like you know i can't afford it yet let the price go about cheaper wait for them to drop a cheaper model it's mad now what a lot of people don't realize is console manufacturers use they lose money on consoles until they sell a certain amount. So yeah. when the when the PS5 first come out, they wasn't earning profit on it anyway. And I get that things are going up, but I just don't. I think it's so weird to have something at a price point and just put it up. I get it when it's an ongoing service, a Netflix or something like that. Sure. But an yeah. actual tangible like it's like for example, if you went to buy a cup. And you're like, raw, I like that cup, you know. And you're like, do you know what? Five pounds, you know, I don't, or five dollars. I don't have five dollars <laughs> right now. Um, so I'm going to go and buy my cup tomorrow. And you come in and it's fifty dollars. You'll be like, raw, that cup was five dollars. How's it fifty now? So, right. yeah, as you can hear, I love myself some PlayStation, but I think it's rude. What do you think? I'm with you on this entirely. Um, you know, the PlayStation 5 is selling out so rapidly everywhere right now. And the fact of the matter is, is that this isn't really going to influence anyone's, you know, ability to go, well, not ability, but people who want the PS5 are going to buy the PS5. People were spending a thousand, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred bucks for this thing, you know, buying it through scalpers. And there was people online being like, yes, PlayStation, make it more expensive. I'll keep supporting you, which is like, whatever, do what you want with your own money. But like you mentioned, when the world is at a place now where so many people are out of work, where there is a massive talent issue uh, in a lot of industries right now with people looking for work, but not getting paid enough, to now turn around and say, hey, you know what? We're this giant company. We're Sony. We're one of the biggest companies in the game. We need to raise the prices of PS of the PS5 20 bucks. But, you know, you'll understand. I just don't think it's a good look, especially now that Nintendo and Xbox have turned around and been like, we're not raising anything. We're good. Um, I just I just think it's gross. I don't think it's necessary. And I just think it's, it's a completely unforced error to do this now in a time where, like, again... People are excited. People want games. There's so much cool stuff coming out for the PlayStation. There's so many people who are still hunting for a PS5. And for them to turn around and be like, we know you're going to buy it. 
We know you will. We know these things will continue to fly off the shelves. We're going to make you pay more for it. Especially here in like in Canada right now. Uh, Court tweeted about this, and I think it's a fantastic point. Buying a PS5 right now in Canada from a retailer, you pretty much have to buy them bundled. It's almost impossible to find any of them for just the unit itself. You're, you know, you're paying $100 to $200 more for you know the, the extra controllers, the game that it comes with. And there's, there's not a lot of opportunity to be able to buy that already. So already... This thing is more expensive now. Once you factor in the extra price increase, now you actually like you factor in the taxes on top of the bundles. This thing is running like a thousand dollars at retail. So I just I think it's just unnecessary. I don't see how this is really going to make a massive difference for them in the long run. Um, I think it sucks, honestly. It's rude, man, and it's even more rude because it's like, all right, we're charging extra. But no, 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 America, you're cool. You're yeah. cool. Don't worry. Because we know that you, you're right. We know that you'll lose your mind. So you're cool. We won't charge you. Everyone else is picking up the bill. That's like, you know, that's like, you know, you go out to eat with your friends, yeah? And everyone's drinking. They've got 15 drinks. Yes. And all you've had is water. And then they're like, should we split the bill? And you're like, fam, my food costs $20. You lots cost $250. And now I'm paying $150 for my meal that I could have just gone back these. Like, you're, it's just rude. So I'm going to bring in uh, Donnie uh, at Eat the Hype over on Twitter because uh, he asked a question about this. Uh, and he says, I'm very excited to listen to this one. My question for the pod and PlayStation can simply be asked via GIF. And the GIF that he put is Tom DeLong uh, in the, I think it's What's My Age Again music video going, I'm not going to say it, but WTF, man. I'm seeing some of this narrative that people are like, okay, they're not raising prices in the U.S. because they still want to stay competitive with the, you know, the Xbox. And, you know, they're, they're, they're nervous about Game Pass. They're nervous about how, how the Xboxes are continuing to do well. Um, do you think there's any merit in that? Do you think that there's any part of this that's them saying, hey, you know what? Maybe the Xbox did do it right. Maybe the Series S having that lower price point, again, now looks even more tantalizing. Do you think that this was a reaction at all to Microsoft? Or do you think this is them just being like, again, we know you're going to buy it, so we're going to raise the price? I think it's like, Sony is not stupid. There's, there's a reason why people love the console so much. There's a reason why we're fanboys. There's a reason why they do all of these things. And I feel like they're at a point where they're like, all right, cool. There's certain things we can get away with and there's certain things that we can't. I honestly believe what's really interesting to me is them not um, charging more in America is showing now that is their most important region. That, right. That's, that's, that's what is coming. Because remember, we've known for a while that Sony isn't the Japanese company that they once was. Like yep. people like me and you who love JRPGs and stuff like that, but they, and they still have really great relationships with Square Enix and Bandai and stuff like that, but they're not the Japanese company that they once was. And this move speaks volumes because if they want to raise the price that high in Japan, and Japan is the place that they are struggling to be able to sell units, it speaks a lot. But also as well, it speaks a lot of volume of where they're getting these components from. Because right. that means that in America, they're able to get everything there and they're shipping them out with no problem. It feels like everything else is, all right, this is all of our extra shipping costs that's going into these little extra manufacturer parts. So I almost feel like we're getting the, the, the bunk of the bill of True. shipping. But honestly, like the world is mad right now, but I honestly feel like, don't have a price point if you have to go up. Yeah, I would have rather you. I would have rather it started at this price point. Exactly. And everyone just like, oh, this is a bit expensive. But how how are people who bought, bought the day one console getting a better deal than people who right. bought it like two years later? It doesn't make any sense. So yeah, yeah. I like I said, there's they're smart people. They're not just going to do things for the sake of it. I honestly don't think it's a reaction to Games Pass, but I think overall it's a, a reaction of Sony's strategy of the markets. I think you make a, a really good point there, especially like the, you know, the point of them kind of putting the brunt of the supply chain and the manufacturing issues that they must be going through, which is very public, you know, they've been very public, um, kind of putting the, the brunt on that for the rest of the world. But I guess we'll see. We'll keep an eye on the news. We'll see what, uh, you know, if PlayStation continues to make moves like this. I know uh, it's funny that, uh, you know, Sean tweeted out 
that you know that happened actually with the PS4 in Canada as well. They raised the price after launch. So I hope that this doesn't become a trend. I hope this just doesn't something you know that they're going to keep doing instead of price cuts. They're like, you know what? It's been two years. Give us $50 more. Uh, let's hope that that doesn't become the norm. But let's roll over into our next story. Coming from IGN, everything announced at Gamescom opening night live, written by Ryan Dinsdale. Uh, we had Gamescom 2022's Upon Us and Jeff Keighley's opening night live. Kick things off with a ton of new announcements for games including Gotham Knights, Hogwarts Legacy, Sonic Frontiers, and more. I'm going to do a quick run-through, and then I'm going to ask for your highlights, Midas. Uh, we got a new game called Everywhere from ex-Rockstar developers. We saw next to nothing about it, but we'll find out more. Dune Awakening is a new open-world survival MMO set in the Dune universe. Sony, of course, we're, I'm sure we're going to get into this, but reveals a dual edge, dual sense edge for PS5, their new kind of pro controller. Callisto Protocol got some new gameplay. The Lords of the Fallen um, is now a new game, a new sequel to Lords of the Fallen. Moving Out 2 was announced. Hogwarts Legacy got some new stuff. New Tales of the Borderlands is announced uh, coming for October 21st. Dying Light 2 is getting its first major story expansion October 13th. Tortuga, a pirate's tale, has been revealed. It'll be coming to, to platforms sometime in the future. Uh, Sonic Frontiers got their official announcement for November 8th. Uh, we got a new Quantic Dream game, Under the Waves. Uh, we got a bit uh, about an oil company diver in the 1970s exploring the depths of the North Sea. Uh, supposed to be coming out in 2023. Goat Simulator 3 got gameplay. Return to Monkey Island is coming out September 19th. Uh, Moonbreaker, which was one of the things that I was, you know, looked pretty cool. It's a new game written by his Brandon Sanderson, uh, who's a prolific author. Uh, Friends vs. Friends, who Lockleth very much shouted out as being the carpool cast and different animals, them shooting each other with card-based stuff. Lies of P, which is one of the t most talked about things uh, based on the story of Pinocchio. It looks like a Souls-like um, coming to Game Pass Day 1. Um, Stranded Alien Dawn, we got a cinematic for that. Atlas Fallen, we saw some stuff from Homeworld 3. Genshin... Uh, let's see what else here. I'm just going to see High on Life got a new trailer um, fighting a boss. That one looked all right. The Expanse got a release window of summer 2023. Killer Clowns from Outer Space is a multiplayer game. That's a thing. Scars Above. Uh, let's see what else here. There's a new RPG coming from Jeff Gardner, who's a Fallout and Skyrim veteran. Age of Empire 4 has got stuff. Uh, Ga Gotham Knights is releasing earlier on October 21st. I believe the original date was October 26th, uh, but now it looks like it's coming a little bit earlier. Uh, Hideo Kojima starting a podcast. That was big news. Um, and then we got a couple new things. Oh yeah, of course the Pokemon mini. How can we forget about that? Uh, Phantom Hellcat is a new hack and slash that looks like it's coming soon. And we got a couple other things, but the big thing that they ended on, well, quote unquote big was, uh, Dead Island 2 is real and it's just a few months away. It looks like it's coming February 3rd. So before we get into the specifics, Midas opening night live, how was it? Did he nail it? Was it just okay? How do you feel about opening night live this year? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I feel like right now the gaming industry is Jeff Keighley. Like he's yeah. got such a a finger in the um, a pulse and it almost feels like, I don't know how, but he's navigated everything being his thing. Yeah. Like Gamescom, even though he's always had opening night live, Gamescom never felt like Jeff's thing. But this year it felt like another part of Jeff's thing. So he, I don't know how he's doing. He's masterminding and owning everything. <laughs> the first thing that I liked is that he actually had a second host with him. So it wasn't just a Jeff show, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've, I I enjoyed it. To be honest with you, I kind of watched it in the background while I was capturing for, I think I was capturing for Saints. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, had had my AirPods in um, and was watching. But yeah, like my, um, my subscription tab in my YouTube's been going mad. So there's quite a few games that I want to talk to you about. But what was your feeling? I thought it was all right. There, it, I don't think it was his strongest showing. I think it was one of his best produced. Um, I think, you know, it, it kept to that kind of two-hour mark. I think it ran well. Was There wasn't just a lot of games for me in this showcase that I was particularly very excited about. But I do appreciate that, you know, he continues to be listening. He continues to, continues to be evolving, um, you know, the way that he puts these things together. So I, th I, thought, it was, I thought it was all right. I thought it was okay. Uh, hit me with your highlights. What are the big standouts for you? Yeah. All right. So the first one that really stood out to me is um, Lies of P. So I've seen this for a while. Now, Matt, you know me. I'm mm -hmm. not about this Souls thing. I'm not about the Bloodborns. I'm not about Sekiro's. No. I'm not about 
any of them. Demon Souls, Dark Souls. I'm not about that life. I do not like to get my head and smash it against a wall. But <laughs> Liza P, I'm going to give it a try. Like, I love the, the, the dark kind of Pinocchio S. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to run through them or do you want to go through them one by one? Hit me with, you hit, hit me with them and I'll interrupt if, if, if I agree or if I'm with you All on right, it. Cool. All right, so Liza P really, really stood out to me. I love the look of that and just how they're doing it with the whole Pinocchio thing. Super sick. Um, I saw, I watched the 10 minute trailer for, for Spoken, mm -hmm. which is obviously the um, Izakai Final Fantasy S kind of thing with the Black Lady. And I so hyped for that game, but every single time I watch more and more, I get more scared for it. Really? Like every time I watch it, I'm like, I see so much things that are wrong that are like, uh, and I'm not even that guy. Like I'm looking at textures in the background. Like why does that building look like that? I'm not that person. You see when I played Final yeah. Fantasy VII Remake, I weren't even looking at the bad door. I didn't even realize <laughs> there was a bad door. Everyone was like, oh my God, the door's so bad. I was like, fam, the door looked fine to me. But yeah, the more I've seen Forspoken, like, I'm secretly a little bit um, worried about it. So I'm going to hop oh. in here for a sec because I actually think that this trailer, the, like the 10 minutes, was the best the game has shown so far. I like I, I was with you. I think like when we first announced it, I was like, that looks hype. That looks awesome. And then every time we saw anything after that, I was kind of like, mm, this might just be OK. I hope that, the you know, with the delay and them taking their time with it, I think this is the best the game has shown yet. But I still think you're right that. I am a little bit nervous about it, but this actually has made me more optimistic than I was before, personally. Matt, did you see the conversation with the NPC, the one who's making the iron? I know. It was like some old school PS2 thing. It was. Let me say a line. Let's take a space. Now you say a line. <laughs> Let's take a space. Now it's your time. I'm like, no, this cannot be a PS5 game. What is going on? Like, Fair. after we've had The Last of Us, come on. Like, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, so that I'm super excited about. Um, it wasn't directly in the show, but it was either a day before or a couple of days. Have you see, seen Wanted Dead? I have not. Wanted Dead. Oh, it looks so sick. So basically, it's made by a random bunch of people. So it's people from Dead or Alive. Um, it's for Platinum. A um, couple other people. And basically, it's like a... Um, like a Ninja Gaiden kind of chopping hack and slash, but it's got shooting as well. The main character is a female protagonist. She's a fed and which is a police officer. And like <laughs> she's shooting and jumping around. Like it looks proper, cool. proper sick. So that really got me. Um, Black Myth. I'm really looking yep. forward to that with the, with the, with the ape. Um, and Callisto Protocol. Yes. So I've never played Dead Space. Me neither. It was one of the games, Mass Effect and Dead Space is the two games that I miss. So I'm really hyped for the remakes of Dead Space and I'm really hyped for Callisto Protocol. I'm not Mr. Super Horror, but I love games like Resident Evil and stuff. And I love when a horror person's horror games in third person. Mm -hmm. None of this first person horror thing for me. I need to see myself and see the person I'm taking out over there. And I've never played Dead, Dead Island so I was like, okay, I'm excited for people who are excited. And Soul Frame, did you see that? That was really weird. No, I haven't. So basically you saw some naked person on the beach and then they was woken up by some animals and then they started fighting people and putting the sword in the ground and then the sword turned into like some magic um, earth sword. Some weird thing, fam. They're weird trailers, I saw. But those are like... <laughs> Those are the things from from uh, Gamescom that kind of stood out to me. What about you? For me, um, Moving Out 2 is this game I'm genuinely excited about. We did a Let's Play with that way back in the day. Uh, I really enjoyed the first one. I think it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the sequel. Uh, you know, I hate it. Really? I really don't like it. No. And you know how much I love Overcooked. Yeah. You know I am the Overcooked Don. I know. Can't stand it. Really? Yeah, can't stand it. Fair enough. He didn't click with me. And I get that. I feel like the movement is a little bit jankier, but I I, I loved what it was. Um, yeah. I'm legit excited for Sonic Frontiers. The more I, the more I see of that game coming out November eighth, I think is a really smart call. People are like, oh, but God of War. Listen, the amount of people who are going to be buying God of War and Sonic on day one is is not is not many. There's going to be a lot of people who don't have PS5s who aren't excited about God of War who are going to be looking forward to Sonic. Timing this before Black Friday, before the Christmas season, where a lot of parents are going to be looking for video games to buy for their kids for the holidays. 
<coughs> excuse me, this makes a lot of sense for me. Uh, I hope it's going to be, I, th- I hope it's going to be good. Uh, my expectations are that it's going to be all right. Uh, and I'm kind of okay with that. Uh, in terms that of- was the best trailer for it, by the way. That, that was definitely the best trailer yep. for it. And it was the first time I saw the actual levels because all they keep showing is this open world, like Breath of the Wild thing. And I'm mm. like, how is this working? And I'm like, oh, there is actual Sonic levels yes. in there. They should have, this should have been the launch trailer. It this was the sh- best one. It, I agree. I think this was the best trailer. It's the best way that the game is shown. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious to see more from it. Moonbreaker has me very curious. I'm not usually big on these kind of like StarCraft, like, you know, tabletop type games. But there was something about the the kind of attitude with the game, the way that it looked. And Brandon Sanderson is a fantastic writer and a fantastic author. So I'm, I'm excited to see what, what kind of what he brings to that. Uh, Lies of PL, check out. Um, I don't think I'm as high on it as a lot of other people are. But it, coming to Game Pass Day 1, I will check it out. I mean, why not? Um, and I think the other thing, as I'm quickly scrolling down from it here i think that's almost it like that i think the rest of it like looked cool oh this is the other one phantom hellcat uh we got a quick trailer for this but this looks really sick like this like 2d 3d you know uh game where you're like this like you're this woman running around and just slicing through people the game looks cool and i am very curious to kind of see more from it um and you know supporting some indies is always cool so for me i thought i thought gamescom Opening Night Live was solid. I think Gamescom as a whole, we've gotten some cool stuff from it so far. Uh, But I'm excited to see what else we get. But obviously, the big one that we need to talk about is the DualSense Edge. People have been asking for like a PlayStation 5 Pro controller for quite some time. And we're finally getting one coming from PlayStation themselves. Um, Let's see. It's going to, it's an ultra customizable controller. Uh, you can have the button remapping. You can have the. You can take out the, the the sticks and change them. It comes with the paddles. It looks like there's going to be a lot that you could do with this controller. Midas, are you hyped for the DualSense Edge? Uh, and very very quickly, I'm going to bring in Taylor uh, TPR over on the Discord who asks question for the show. DualSense Edge, will it be over or under 150 USD? So how do you feel about it, and how do you think this thing is going to be priced? Oh, it looks sexy. It, it does. looks so good. Mm. It looks so sexy. I do want it. I do want it. Um, one of the things that really interests me about it is have they reduced the weight? Because everyone I know who plays like um, COD or any shooters on any type of pro level doesn't like the weight of the dual sense. It's too weighty for them. Like okay. I love it. Me too. But they're like pros. A lot of pros go back to the um, PS4 controller because it's a lot lighter. Um, I love it. Fam, I'm not even... I'm playing RPGs and The Last of Us and and Spider-Man. I'm not going to be doing all of these fiddly paddles. I might try it for (laughs) Apex because I do love an Apex. Uh, But yeah, I I, I like it. I think it's sexy. And it's 100% going to be over 150. Fam, they just added $30 to the PlayStation 5. This is not going to be... This is going to be high price. This is going to be like... This is not for everyone. This is like... If you're a pro, you need this in your life. Yep. I mean, like, even, like, the scuff controllers that they have um, for the system already are, like, run, like, over 2 or 250. I don't think this is going to be under 150. I don't, like, I think maybe if we're lucky, it's going to be 199 USD. And I think they kind of have to cap it there, at least for the American market. Obviously, it'll be much more than that worldwide. Uh, similarly to you, dude, I, I, I love the look of it. I think it looks really clean. I think it looks really cool. I don't know how much functionality I would get out of it. Similarly, like I like playing shooters and I like playing different games like that, but like, it's just, Oh, like, I don't know if I want to drop that amount of money to be able to do that. And like I said, like even like those paddles would go unused. I might use them like once in a while. I might like, Oh yeah. Let me flip through my JRPG menus even faster with these paddles. Um, but like, I think it looks awesome. I think for the people that have been asking for it, I think it does look like a lot of what the community community has wanted, from uh, you know a dual sense pro, um, is it for me? Not really, but I'm excited that people are stoked about it, and I'm excited to take a look at it. I do want to you know get my hands on it and see how it feels. Maybe it'll sell me more then. Um, but yeah, I just I I don't know enough on how to use all this functionality. People are like, you can swap out your sticks. I'm like, why? These sticks feel <laughs> fine. But again, like the wear and tear that I get. But yeah, it's smart. It's a smart move on on, on Saudi. One thing I would say about this generation is. There's a lot of things that PlayStation learned from the PS4 that they're hitting ahead of the curve. Because even down to like changing the faceplates, like they're like, we're not waiting around. Other companies are doing it. 
So let's get rid of them and let's do it straight away. Or like other people are making money on the pro con um, controllers. Let's do that. Like people go crazy over the Xbox Elite. And mm -hmm. like you said, those people are going crazy over their Elite. And they're getting killed in Fortnite. One hit, fam. They're not even, they're not, they're not, they're, they're like playing 89 and, and, and they spent all that on it. So it's all good, man. I think, I think it's a very smart move from them and the design. Yeah. Perfect. It looks clean. So let us know in the comments, are you going to be picking up the DualSense Edge Day 1? Is the price going to be a massive factor for you or are you in regardless? Let us know. Now, my dude, let's get into what is like a, a, a series and, and, and movie rock block because we've got a bunch of news about PlayStation properties coming to various screens. I'm going to just read out all three and then we can talk about what we're hyped for. Uh, the Umbrella Academy director, coming from uh, IGN, written by Ryan Leston. The Umbrella Academy director, Steve Blackman, is going to be heading up the Netflix Horizon series and did confirm that Aloy will be the main character of the series. Uh, and, that, you know, we do know that it is a series, so it's not just going to be a one-off movie. It's going to be a show of some sort, I'm assuming, uh, or some sort of limited-esque type series. Um, we also got confirmation that PlayStation is working on a Gravity Rush movie coming from Matt Kim at IGN. Um... PlayStation Productions and Scott Free Productions have become development on a movie based on the Japan Studios action game. Uh, Anna Mastro, who is the director of the Secret Society of Secondborn Royals, is attached to direct with a script from Emily Jerome, who is the writer of Panopticon. And we got a confirmation that Sony is also working on a Days Gone movie written by Logan Plant. Uh, Logan writes that reported by Deadline, Sony PlayStation Productions is apparently turning the, developing the film with an adaptation from X-Men first, first Class story developer Sheldon Turner. The uh, movie will be produced by Vendetta Productions and PlayStation Productions. Though apparently they're eyeing current, current Outlander star Sam Hewen to play Deacon St. John. Uh, I'm going to start here, my dude. It wasn't the main actor for Days Gone an, an actor. Um, I don't get what's going on. Like, do you know what? There's very rarely news that happens around gaming that makes me not care. And all of these game movies, I literally, I just don't care. I think the only thing that they've said that has caught me, two things. One, when they mentioned The Last of Us, and that's because The Last of Us is one of the greatest narrative journeys. And I'm not even excited to watch it, but I'm going to watch it and the ghost of shishima yeah and that and the only thing that i loved about ghost of shishima they was like nope we are doing a full um japanese cast and we're keeping it completely authentic but fam i don't even care i keep it a buck all right like and if i don't care like i'm fam look all of this gaming <laughs> stuff that i've got behind me i'm wearing gaming clothes every day i'm watching podcasts like i'm tweeting about gaming news like, if I don't care, who's I don't get who's meant to care. Like, Sonic, I cared about Sonic because Sonic makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, Ratchet and Clank makes sense to me. I get it. They're, they're, they're animated movies. It works. But all of these, oh, we're going to be able to turn these incredible narrative experiences like, into movies for you and TV shows. I honestly don't care because... The reason why I want them narrative experiences because you never used to do that in video games. Yep. Video games weren't about doing a narrative experience. And now you've learned to do that and you can earn extra money. Yeah, go get your guap. But I don't care. You know what, dude? So very quickly, so Sam Witwer uh, was the voice actor and the mocap person for uh, Deacon in, thing, in uh, what's it called Days Gone. He is an actor. He was, you know, uh, what's it called? He's been in a bunch of stuff, like a lot. So, like, I'm a little bit confused why they're not using him. He's a young dude. He's a good-looking dude. He's a good actor. Like, why not use him to play the actual character that he already played? That's the one thing that confuses me uh, on that respect. But Days Gone, couldn't care less. I, I wasn't a fan of the game. Don't care about this property coming to, to a movie. Um, Umbrella Academy, like, you know, Horizon, I am really curious about. But... I don't know. I feel like the CG is really going to have to live up to a level here that I feel like I don't know if they're going to be able to hit consistently. Um, and I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that properly. And the like, no lie, 
The Gravity Rush movie is probably the thing that I'm most excited about. That's a really cool <laughs> world. Cat's a really cool character. I think it visually, as a movie, if they do the CG right, could look pretty cool. I think that, like, out of all of the things that we know about so far, yes, The Last of Us I'm stoked on because of what they're doing with it. Yes, the Ghost of Tsushima movie I'm tentatively excited for. But, like, the... I don't know. Days Gone, I couldn't care less. Like, on Horizon, I, I'm not a massive fan of the lore in that world anyway, so, like... I feel like we're going to get into this really weird middle ground with that with that series. But I don't know. I hope they stick the landing. I genuinely hope all of these things will be good. I do hope, you know, they all find audiences and they are all successful. The Gravity Rush, though, is the one I'm most excited about. But let's yeah. shout out because we have a super chat in the chat right now. Mega ZX456. Thank you so, so much for your donation. What's up, guys? What's crazy about the price increase is this might set a precedent in others to follow suit, especially after they reported record profits. So clearly, they're clearly not hurting for cash, in my opinion. I think you're 100% right. They are They are going to continue to sell this thing. I, I hope you're right in that, like, I don't want this to be a precedent. I don't want them to keep raising prices. I don't want to be buying a PlayStation 5 for $1,000 three years from now because they're going to be like, <laughs> we just, we're selling it. Get ready. Well, and that's the main thing. And this president could be for everything. Like, the funniest thing is, do you know how I found out about a PlayStation increase? How? I saw loads of people tweeting about, oh my God, what's the new iPhone price going to be? Yep. And I'm like, why is everyone going mad about the iPhone price? I couldn't work it out. And then I saw the PlayStation thing. Yeah. Um, and everything. One thing, shout out Megas. Megas is a big Days Gone fam. Yep. Megas Days Gone is trash. I've been telling you fam. The game trashed. No one wants to watch the movies. It's trash. Thanks for the donation. You are my G. But the game's trash. <laughs> you know, I can always count on you to tell it like it is Midas. Um, but yeah, so we will keep you appraised of all of these movies, all of this stuff as we find out more. Let's end with one more story here Midas before we get into more questions. PSVR 2 will be released in early 2023, written by Matt Kim over at IGN. PSVR 2 will be coming sometime in early 2023. As it's been tradition with all PSVR 2 news, they just dropped this on a random day at a random time, confirming absolutely nothing more and nothing less. They're like, it's coming early 2023. Be excited. Midas, I know you're not the biggest PSVR guy. Are you stoked on the second one? Is this a day one for you? How are you feeling about it and its, on its uh, launch window, let's call it? Everyone take a seat. I'm going to take you on a journey, yeah? So, my first proper VR experience was with PlayStation VR. I had to do a review. Um, I think it was a Battle Station game or something like that and use this tank. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, Matt, I got so 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 sick yeah i was sweating my stomach went all queasy like i got the worst motion sickness ever now i have motion sickness in my real life because i experienced it in vr it's like my brain recognized it and now i experience it in real life so i am not the biggest fan of vr because it mashed up my body but i have to say the PSVR 2 does look pretty cool. I feel like, for me, I'm more interested in AR right. than VR. Okay. So if when we can get to the point where I can... Because I think... I'm not sure if it does, but I was reading. I think it has AR segments so you can actually still play what be within your room. doesn't kind of shut everything off. Um, so stuff like that. But yeah, this the motion sickness thing to me just doesn't work. So... I'm going to play it. I love the... the. I'm glad that we ain't got these glowing sticks anymore because yep. that was dead. Um, I'm glad they got a better screen. But I'll keep it a buck. I don't even know where my PlayStation VR is. I think it might be in... <laughs> it might be in a cupboard in my house. So It's I, not even in my studio, fam. I didn't even bring it to the studio. That's how much I care about it. I feel that and I get that. Like, yeah, the, the motion sickness is definitely... Even for me... Uh, as like a diehard PSVR fan, it still hits me sometimes. You know, like there's so much that you can do about it. You know, eating ginger, putting a fan on, but you shouldn't. People shouldn't have to go through all these things. So I'm hoping that they figured out more of a way. And like the experiences have gotten a lot better because yeah, at launch things were rough, very very rough, and they figured out a lot. Um, you know, with the FOVs and how much you're able to kind of you know shadow around yourself to kind of limit the amount of movement. They they are figuring things out. I still really thought the PSVR 2 was going to hit this year. Um, I, I'm not disappointed. I'm not surprised that it's coming early 2023. I, I, you know, I 
I want it. I want it. I can't wait for it. I'm excited to dive into it. I'm excited to see what PlayStation has in store for it. Uh, you know, it sounds like they're putting a lot more of their weight behind it. Early 2023 to me sounds good. That just shows, dude, early 2023 is going to be packed. We already know so many games. There's so much happening there. And I would assume that, you know, Horizon is going to be a launch title. So, like, there's going to be so much good stuff around PSVR 2 when it launches. And I hope they stick the landing because, again, they everything they did with the first one, was really good, and I feel like everything they're doing with the second one is really incredible. So I, I hope it's going to be awesome. I hope it sticks to the landing. Um, but, dude, let's let's get into it. Let's let some of our friends into the car with us because let's get into the carpool and get to some more questions. Ryan Turford, at Ryan Turford over on Twitter, asks, Since I know both of y'all like JRPGs, what's the classic JRPG you want most on PlayStation Plus Premium? Bonus points for coming up with an additional game for PSP. My picks would be Jean d'Arc for PSP and Lunar 2 Eternal Blue Complete for the PS1. What do you think? Firstly, firstly, Ryan, we don't pick up hitchhikers. We're not about <laughs> that hitchhiking life. Yeah, I mean, you can't just jump in a whip like that. Uh, no, super, super good question. And it had me thinking. So one of my favorite um, JRPGs ever... Um, and it's a Sega property, but it, um, a Sega property, but you know, Sega's in bed with everyone now is Skies of Arcadia. Yeah. So I love Skies of Arcadia. I think Skies of Arcadia is incredible. It was, it's all about pirate, um, but in the skies and like that incredible. It's like, it's the JRPG that I've always wanted to have that kind of Final Fantasy seven, um, remake. Um, I would have said Crisis Core. But obviously, we are already getting that. Mm -hmm. So I would say, um, um, do you know Vacant Story? Yes. Yeah, so Vacant Story, old school. That's like got such great puzzle mechanics. So um, that would be a great one. Um, Sukadin 2, I've yes. never played. So Sukadin a series that I hear so much about. Um, and I heard I get bonus points for a PSP. So we are going with uh, Valkyrie Profile, Lenneth. Nice. So Valkyrie Profile is old school. Lenneth is, is, I remember playing that on our PSP. So those are the ones that I would love to come. There's a few more, but those are the ones that stood out to me. What about you, Matt? So for me, like, again, classic-wise... I really want the Digimon World games, specifically Digimon World 2, to hit on that service. I, I have such fond memories of that game. Uh, one of the first JRPGs that I ever played. I remember just grabbing the Digimon, running around the dungeons in your little, like, car, and, you know, Digimon would pop up and come at you. Great class, you know, turn-based strategy combat. Uh, really, really loved it. So I'd really want Digimon World 2 to come back. Um, and in terms of, like, the other stuff, obviously, like... I, you know, I would mention Persona 3, but we already know that we'll be coming to the service. Well, not to the service, but to the console next year. Um, Persona 2, Persona 1 and 2, I think would be perfect, especially given the opportunity to hop into those games and how many different versions there are of 2 as well um, to kind of, you know, let people experience those things properly with, you know, 5 is already there, Two, uh, sorry, 3 and 4 are coming. Put 1 and 2 on the premium service, let people have access in that way. Um, and this is a weird one for me because, like, Cold Steel was already on, but I want the Trails series back to shout out the PSP. Trails of um, Trails in the Sky specifically. If we get two and three, you know, and the third on there as well, and the Cold Steel games from the Vita, and especially because they were ported to the PS4. So there's a lot of opportunity there. I think those games are just so special, and I really feel like they are very underrated JRPGs that not enough people have played. And they have those, like, like you can play any one of the series in kind of an isolation, but all of them kind of build this massive story from different parts of the continent and like, you know, wars that start here have impacts in this game and stuff. So there's just so much cool stuff in that in that series that I would love to see those games exist on the premium service. Um, so just more people can experience them. And they were already like, the Cold Steel was already there and they got taken off. So like, come on, what is with this stuff? Bring them back. It all made no sense. You know, I've never played a Digimon game in my life. Dude, Digimon Survive? Might be one of my games, it's one of my games of the year so far. Yeah, I heard you talking about it mm. and I was like, do you know what? I need to. So is it, is it more, is it Strats RPG? Is it more um, Fire emblem -y? So it depends on which one. Digimon Survive is a visual novel first that has like a Final Fantasy Tactics-like, you, know, you know, strategy RPG. But if you're looking for just like a more classic JRPG experience that's more along the lines of like a Pokemon or even a Persona, um, the... 
uh, Cyber Sleuth games are really good. They're a lot of fun. And again, like they take your more classic, you know, JRPG, turn-based battles, uh, a world that you're running around with, completing side quests, grabbing Digimon. If you're a fan at all of the Digimon anime or the series, uh, I would say Survive is awesome. But again, it is very much for people like us who love to read in their games and just spend literally an hour doing nothing but reading. Um, but, you know, the, the story branches off in some cool ways. There's some cool options that, you know, some choices that you make. If you're looking for just more of a classic Pokemon-esque experience, the Cyber Sleuth games are fantastic and a lot of fun. You know what series that I think they should really add as well and I'd love to play? Uh, have you played Wild Arms? I haven't played Wild Arms, but I've heard of Wild Arms. Isn't Wild Arms on yeah, there? Yeah, so, so I've never played Wild Arms. No, I've had a look and and I really like the kind of Wild West aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And when I played live alive live alive however you say it um i really loved like and the wild west segment and i was yes. like raw how comes there's not more um rpg set in this setting and then as you know plug plug i've got a podcast called too many games and i had um gaming um, productions on there and they were talking about this wild arms and i was like wait, there is a full RP JRPG series that is set in the Wild West. And they were like, yes, the sickest everywhere. And then I went and did a lot of research. So I think that would be a really cool one to kind of sink their teeth into because that is a, an aesthetic that is super cool and yeah. not really visited enough. Not at all, especially in JRPG. So I'm with you. I think those games would be really cool. I've always heard about them and I've always heard they're really good. Haven't had the opportunity to check them out myself, but I think that's a good call. Uh, we got a couple more questions, so let's roll on. Coming from Twitter, Nagachaka at Nagachaka says, questions for our special guest host. This is a divisive topic in the carpool community, Midas, so I'm excited to hear you weigh in. Which game is better, The Last of Us or The Last of Us Part 2? And why is it Part 2? <laughs> Don't make me leave. No. All right. Cool. Do you know when I read this, I was going to come in there jokingly. I'm like, of course, it's Last of Us Part 2. Listen, The Last of Us is one of the most greatest created piece of media ever made. Mm -hmm. We're talking games, we're talking films, we're talking everything. The Last of Us is a game that changed video games. Um, the same way Super Mario 64 changed video games, The Last of Us changed video games. We wouldn't have the God of War we have today if we didn't have The Last of Us. That game is incredible we're talking within the first half an hour of that game i felt emotions in video games that i've never experienced my whole life yeah. i've been playing games my whole whole life final fantasy one of my favorite games ever there's a part in final fantasy that breaks my soul and when i played the last of us i think it affected me even more than that so the last of us is one of the most incredible creations ever made to man the story the journey from beginning to end the characters the way they build on it like the tension incredible the last of us part two has better mechanics has mm -hmm. better gameplay um has better visuals but obviously they just learned from the second but they was not it, there's certain things that are lightning in a bottle and that lightning in the bottle can never be recreated you can never replay the last of us fam just to open you can just play the first half an hour and it's better than most video games fair i see your point i respect it last of us part two is still my favorite that's what i mean this leave. is this leave. is leave. dude the, we're done the, we, bro, used bro, we, 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 we used to be friends we used to be friends i don't like you anymore no i'm joking versus the beach party now we're on to this where they're having cracks in the foundation uh but i agree with you the last of us part one masterclass masterpiece i just think what they did with the second one narratively the way that they break you and then reassemble you break you again put you in a position that you know that they know you were going to hate at first and then bring you back around, I think, is just incredible storytelling. The way that all of that just comes together and coalesces. There were points in that game where I was just like, I don't want to play anymore. I, I don't want to. And I think that's brilliant. Like, uh, even then, like, that was the first game that, like, my partner Senna was like, hold on. I need to go to the bathroom. Can you pause? Don't don't play anymore until I get back because I want to see what happens next. And she's never done that with any game ever. So, like, totally respect the argument for number one. But I'm 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 a team uh, I'm a team Last of Us too. Uh, Let me just jump in quickly. Go. 
The reason why you feel that way is because of the emotional attachment that you got to those characters from part one. If part one didn't affect you the way it did, part two could have never made you feel like that. And part two would you, you can't go in to The Last of Us part two no. and feel the way we feel. Mm -hmm. it, it just can't happen. Like you can play part, Last of Us part two and understand it's an incredible game, but you will never get that feeling. And the reason why you got that feeling is that first journey you went on. And if you never got that journey, you wouldn't have felt like that. So, in point, Last of Us Part 1's better. I feel you. I feel like we're <laughs> gonna go in circles about this forever. Uh, Abby's one of the best characters in any game ever. Uh, let's get into our last couple of questions because we are running a bit long. Robbie Bobby Miller at Smooth423 asks, hot take. Do you think The Last of Us on HBO is getting high praise because of The Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal? I only say this because of the Uncharted movie casting. Where are you at on the series? Do you think it's because of Pedro? What are you thinking here? Well, obviously, it's two things. Pedro is incredible at what he does, and he should get the, the praise that he um, does. But also, just this argument we're having right now, like gamers are incredibly passionate about this series. So this is one of the stories that people are always going to be hype about. So I think Pedro's just adding extra. He's just salt bay, isn't it? He's yeah. just adding that extra spice on top. But I don't feel like he is the only reason. But he's a good reason to be excited. I think he's I think he's a fantastic reason. I think, you know, I'm forgetting her name, but the character, the, the actress that plays Ali, I'm very excited to see as well. I think people who are like saying, oh, I don't know about her after hearing like, Two seconds of, of, of a one-line delivery you need to grow up and understand that, you know, I'm sure she's going to kill it. But I think Pedro is a massive part of it. But I'm also very excited about the fact that Neil Druckmann was involved from the beginning. He was involved in the writing. He knows and characters about these, you know, characters intimately. And I feel like too many games, like look what happened with Halo, right? Too many shows or movies that come from gaming pay no, to pay no mind to what came before them. And I feel like The Last of Us feels like, you know, what that show should be feels like what it's going to be. And I genuinely think that that will be one of the best, if not the best video game adaptations ever, and probably one of the best shows of next year. Uh, I really do think yeah. it has that potential. And I think a big part of that is Pedro. I think a big part of that is the actress who plays Ellie. And I think because Neil's involved, you know, I think there's a lot of talent in the show that I feel like, you know, I really hope they stick the landing. Uh, yeah, you're completely right. I'm with you, my dude. Last question. Mike at BlazeKnight0923. What have been some of your favorite PS4 to PS5 game transitions? Basically, which games got the best glow up from the PS4 version? What do you think, my friend? You already... Oh, from the PS4 version. So um, and so initially when we when I saw this question, I was just thinking glow up. Obviously, I was thinking Final Fantasy VII Remake. Nothing looks more incredible than that. But um, we might as well say The Last of Us because... I didn't actually realize how much of a jump there was from The Last of Us PS4 to The Last of Us Part 1 mm -hmm. uh, until I saw them side by side. Because obviously, um, initially, I thought they were showing just the PS3 version and then the PS3. But when I saw them show the PS4 Pro version to the PS5 version, that glow up is serious. That glow up is huge. I'm with you. Like, I feel like because it's being rebuilt from the ground up, there's so much that they're doing with it. Um, I also just really love what they did with Marvel's Spider-Man. Like the, the remaster, I think, really nails it. They took already incredibly quick load times and made them even faster. They made the game look incredible. Playing it at 60 frames per second really just took the experience and took it even higher. Um, so I think that's my favorite glow up just because, like, again, they took everything that made the OG worth it and bring it to PS5 made actual tangible, you know, improvements that you could see and that you could feel. And I think they nailed it. It wasn't, wasn't like, Oh yeah, you know, here's a little bit of dual sense. I think they really did put the work in to make that game incredible on PS5. But that brings us to the end of the show. My dude, thank you so much for joining me. This was a blast. Talking PlayStation with you is one of my most favorite things to do ever. But before we go Midas, if people want to see and hear more from you, where could they do so? Um, so I'm everywhere, like I said before, but the easiest things to do is find me on Twitter. I always like to talk gaming. So it's at Mr. Midas Games. Um, I'm on Instagram if you want to just see me posing or putting up my gaming 
pics and that. That's Mr. Midas Games. Um, I started a YouTube when the pandemic happened. So I've got my own podcast called Too Many Games and Not Enough Time. And I'm always posting reviews and previews on that. So that's youtube.com forward slash Mr. Midas Games. Also as well, if you've got any creators out there, I've got a huge competition right now that I'm giving away a full content creator giveaway. So come and check that out. But before we go, mm-hmm. I need to shout you out, my Don. Like, big, big praise. Like, you've been doing incredible. I watched from when you first started at the PlayStation Drive and now that you're running the car, you've gone from passenger <laughs> seat to, you get me? Like, you, you're you out here. You're, you're, you're driving on the road. You're doing such an incredible job hosting. I love watching the show. I generally watch it. You see me in the comments all the time. So I just wanted to say keep doing what you're doing um you're incredible at what you do thank you so much for having me and shout out all the people who know days gone is trash <laughs> thank you so much man that means so much like i i really am proud of what me and ryan did and i'm very proud of what court and i are doing so we're gonna keep doing it i know you're gonna be back to get into it i feel like we need to have a massive argument about the last of us and i feel like people are gonna come for us about days gone but yeah days gone not very good that brings us to the end of the show. If you can, please head over to patreon.com slash carpoolgaming. Tip your drivers. We appreciate all of you very, very much. Also, one last quick shout out to MegaZX456. Thank you again for your donation. We appreciate all of you so very much. And we will see you next time. Peace. The PlayStation Drive is fueled by Patreons who truly make me believe that anything is possible. And I'd like to thank them more than the 90 patrons who support us each and every month at patreon.com slash carpoolgaming. With a special thanks to our ultimate producers, Tony Baker from Quest 4 Pixels, Dallas Ford, Emily O'Kelly, Trucker Sloth, Jonathan Brown, Drew Agnew, Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive, Skinny Matt hosting Carpool Gaming Community Nights. Please follow at twitch.tv slash skinny Links are in the show notes. Please support these ultimate producers. Platinum producers, Brendan Myers, Dano, Marcus McCracken, Mostly Martinez, Becky Rubin Navarro, Robbie, Bobby Miller, and RJ Kern. Gold members, Anna W., Argo, Ashley Nicholson, Cicely Carroza, Dallas Robbins, Foolish Fuji, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Marcus O'Neill, Nagachaka, The Snack Network, Tom D4NKS, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots. Newest members, I really want to thank you. To the ultimate team are Tony Baker and Skinny Matt. And welcome, John32.